Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 59, and today we're going to take a look at 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 and 9, and I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. So let's take a look at this puppy. It says, "With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance." I love this. What I love about this is that God's love is timeless. It says right here with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. That warms my heart and for the longest time I did not understand that part of that verse but now I get it. Now that I understand that God has always been for us never against us, it's such a joy to read God's word and to understand that God's love is timeless, meaning it's not exhaustible. He's always present, ever forgiving, always merciful, always wants what is best for us. That brings me such joy. The next part is even better. It says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. You know, just because we prayed a prayer and it didn't get answered right away, that doesn't mean that it wasn't answered right away. In fact, it's just the opposite. The moment you prayed, your prayer was answered. It's just you haven't seen it come to fruition yet. But the moment you prayed, it was answered and it was sent down from heaven to earth to you or to me or to whoever we were praying for. God is not slow. God keeps his promises. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, we may have fast internet, but we are quick to give up on God but yet he is very slow. I I was going to say giving up. He doesn't give up on us. God is slow to anger, quick to forgive, and he never gives up. You know what I love about God is that he never assumes the worst. He only wants what is best for us. That is a good and gracious God that is always in our corner, never against us, always for us. I love this next part. It says he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I love this part. He is patient with you. You know, when I was a kid, I was told that I was impatient and that I was stubborn. I believed those lies for the longest time, and I didn't realize until my 20s, until I was much older, that I'm actually not stubborn. I'm persistent, and I'm not impatient. It's I expect things to be done correctly the first time, especially when I know someone has the ability to do it correctly the first time. Because I don't like slackers. I don't like laziness. I don't like people that are slugs or slobs. I just I just think that if you're going to do a job, you should do it well. Cuz that that's how I work. Like I don't half bleep it as they say. I could use a different word. But you know, just because someone tells you something, especially when you're a child, that doesn't mean what they're saying is true. And so for the longest time, 
I just accepted it. Oh, I'm, I'm impatient and I'm stubborn. Well, are those very positive words? No. But then when I thought about who it came from, it came from a not always very nice relative. And they're critical of everybody. Hardly ever has anything nice to say about me, much less anybody else. So I learned, oh, okay, so they're just looking at things through a very tainted glass. They're not seeing me how God made me. And we just think differently. Just because someone thinks differently than you doesn't mean that they're wrong. And it also doesn't mean that they're the issue. Sometimes we, we how do I put this? We focus on someone's personality and then we just assume that reflects their character. So because we don't like the personality, we think they don't have good character. That's not the case. You know, I've met a lot of people that I don't like their personality, but they're actually a good person. It's just we we talk differently, we think differently, but I mean they're a good kind person. It's just we don't click. Well, with God, He loves us for who we are and he's patient with us always. Always patient. God is always lifting us up out of a pit while the enemy, the devil, is always trying to push us down. You know, I didn't realize what a negative environment I was raised in until I was an adult. Like I kind of suspected it as a kid and a teenager and it just irritated me to no end the negative environment that I was raised in. But what I didn't realize was that it really affected how I viewed myself. For the longest time, I didn't like myself. I wasn't patient with myself hardly at all. And that was very much reflected in my grades, in my jobs, in my personality. And then once I woke up to the fact that I'm not the problem, I was like, "Oh, I'm relaxed now. Like I know I'm not the problem. It's the negative people that are the problem. The ones that are the soul-sucking people is what I call them." I just realized, "Well, you know, why would I take the advice of someone that's negative or bitter or that doesn't really love me or may claim to love me, but they're not there to lift me up. They're pushing me down." Well, I need to focus on what God wants for me. And you'll come to find out I'm actually really patient. I'm actually very kind. And I'm not stubborn, I'm hard working like I persevere. That's why I was so good at sports. I persevered in every game even when we were losing, I did not give up. And I remember some tough games cuz I played indoor soccer, outdoor soccer, tennis, I did track and field, cross country, and basketball. You know, sports, at least back in the day, it used to teach kids not only endurance, but character building skills. And for me personally, I was almost always the one that did not ever want to give up. And I'd be like, "Hey, we got this. Let's keep going. We got this. I don't care if we're down by five or ten or twenty, whatever it is. We got this. Let's keep going. Let's keep going." There's only one game that we had to forfeit like right in the middle of the game because we were playing this team it was in basketball and it was so obvious the girls that we were playing were amazons and their parents had lied about their age so they were maybe 2 to 3 years older than us like they were very developed 
And they were creaming us. They were beating us horribly. And they were playing dirty. And so the reason why their parents lied about their age and their coach, mind you, and they knew they were lying. They knew it. So these girls aren't innocent either. The reason why they lied was because they wanted to be able to say that they had won a state championship, not only at a school level, but outside school in a private league, which is what I was in. I played in private leagues most of the sports I played in. So it looked really good for these athletes if they had won a state championship outside of school. It helped them get scholarships. Well, guess what? They were willing to cheat and lie, both the girls, the coach, as well as the parents. And they beat us up. I had so many bruises, and the refs weren't calling it. And I flat out said, I can't do this anymore. I can't play this. I can't play this. Like, we were getting beat up. It was so awful. That's the only one time... that we just forfeited the game and it was so shameful because we knew these people were liars and they were beating us literally physically beating us on the court and the adults on the opposite team were not doing anything to help us or defend us the refs were not doing anything to call these horrible fouls and stuff like that like they should have gotten technicals like within like the first quarter every single one of these players because they were so horrible and so unethical But see, that's what happens when you sell your soul to the devil. When you sell out and do the wrong thing, that's what happens. So I have no doubt those girls probably got really good scholarships, but they don't deserve them. And so here's the thing. If they lied in that situation, I guarantee you they're probably still lying today. And these girls will probably be in their 40s by now. So who knows how they're raising their kids. Because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? And I just look at it this way. You know, my Heavenly Father, he saw what those girls did. He saw what those parents did. He saw what those refs did. He knows everything. And it has not escaped his attention. And I mention this because part of this verse says, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I pray that those girls repent. I pray that their parents repent, and I pray that the ref repents, because they were some of the most unethical people I had ever met at that point in time. Like as a little girl, or as a teeny bopper, I had never met so many shady people in all my life. I did not know at that time that sports could be rigged, especially sports that children play and that teeny boppers play. I didn't know that could happen. I was completely ignorant of that. And you know what? I really did not respect or like sports very much after that because I saw what it could be. I mean, I still played, gave it my best, but I just never I never viewed it the same because hardly anybody valued our safety. And hardly anybody wanted to tell the truth and do what's right because we knew these people had lied about their age. They're probably still lying about their age. They're probably saying they're in their 20s when they're in their 40s now. But what's interesting is that you know what? If those girls and those parents and those refs repent, God would forgive them. And you know what? I would rather them repent than die and go to hell. You know, just I would rather people repent. I don't know how else to say this. Because I think it's it's better for people to acknowledge what they've done. turn over a new leaf and then help others not do what they did because that's how we set the example see that's what christians are supposed to do 
We're supposed to set the example. We're supposed to be the light shining in the darkness. But if we sell out and throw in the towel and lie, cheat, steal, then our light gets snuffed out by our evil wickedness. I mean, what's the point of doing that? You're basically selling your soul to the devil. And he doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. He wants you to burn in hell along with him. Like why do that? You know, what's interesting is that as a teeny bopper, I know that there were a lot of teenagers that thought that they could get away with so much because they were minors. And what's interesting is that they just kind of they didn't care to do what's right all the time, hardly ever. because i thought well this is when i'm young i can get away with it i can get away with it when i'm younger well that attitude that mindset of i can get away with it will follow them all the days of their life if they never repent and if they never turn over a new leaf because a thief will always be a thief until they stop stealing that's the thing your repentance is a beautiful thing and i'll give you an example You know, say for example someone harmed you or lied about you or hurt your feelings. Doesn't it actually impress you when someone comes back and says, "Hey, I want to apologize. I shouldn't have done that. Forgive me." The reason why it's so impressive when someone does that is because it's so rare these days, and it shouldn't be rare. It should be common. Because people should be quick to repent. People should be quick to apologize. but also we should be quick to forgive that's how we have a better world and that's how we have a better society and it's right here in this verse with the lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance I'll say this, I think we need to pray for the sports industry, especially for uh people that are competing, especially girls that are competing in high school sports because right now there's a big problem with transgender boys participating in girls sports and they're just creaming and beating up these girls because they're not a girl, they're a boy. And it's for scholarship money. It's greed. It's lying. If someone's not a girl, they're not a girl. period. I mean that's just how it is. Like you're either born a girl or a boy. You need you know by your plumbing basically. Like back when I was younger, a teeny bopper and a kid, it never dawned on me that girls sports would have to deal with boys trying to become women and then playing girls sports and getting those scholarships because it's a lie. I mean, how is that any different than what the Nazis did during the Olympics? For those who don't know this, during World War II, the Nazis had guys pretend to be girls and compete in women's Olympics, in the women's events in the Olympics, and try and steal medals. Like, if it was wrong for the Nazis to do that, then it's wrong for transgenders to do that. because it's stealing it's lying it's thievery it's not right i mean here's the thing 
I don't understand how people can go along with what the transgender agenda does in, in that realm, especially because there's so much dishonesty within sports because of this. And you know, here's the thing: if an employer were to hire you and they asked you, "Do you think that dishonesty is wrong?" and you say, "Well, yes, dishonesty is wrong." But if you say, "Oh no, dishonesty, it's fine." Do you really think an employer would hire you if you thought dishonesty was okay? They would not hire you. So, if you're not considered hireable because you think dishonesty is okay, then why is it that male athletes are being allowed to compete in female sports? It's dishonest. And if it's dishonest for athletes to be doping with whatever medicines or medications they're using to make themselves better or stronger in their field but yet they're not supposed to be using stimulants or supplements like that if that's a form of dishonesty then why is it these other forms of dishonesty are not being called out on it's because people are not putting god first that's why You know, I would think that wanting to think wanting to have things to be honest and good and true would be basic. I would think it would be basic. But there's so many things that are considered to be fluid, whatever that stupid word means, which basically means it's in the gray. It it's it's interpretive. It's whatever you perceive it to be. I got news for you, the law is not written like that. You know, if you if you break into someone's house, and steal their jewels or their money or their TV that's not up for interpretation you actually committed a crime that's not a gray area that's not fluid it's a crime it's black and white yes and no and what's interesting is the further we get away from black and white yes and no and we get further and further away from God's holy word the more screwed up our society becomes because people don't know the truth and it's because They either a don't believe in the truth, they don't want to know the truth, or they're not being taught the truth. They're not being taught about morals and values. And morals and values is not about browbeating someone. It's not about being a Bible thumper Christian or, or beating the tar out of your kid with a belt. I mean, that's it's just the opposite. Morals and values come from goodness and kindness and love that comes from God. So I hope and pray that that our society especially here in America that that we get back to our roots. One nation under God. That's what we all used to truly believe in. So I pray that we go back to that because we really need it for sure. But I will go ahead and end this podcast but until next time. I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.